Take it out of the bed, okay? Yes. All right. Good evening, everyone. I'm Kevin McGowan with uh, Sausalito's Public Works Department. Welcome to the March 21st, 2022 Pedestrian Bicycle Advisory Committee. Already in March or almost the end of March. So at this point, I think we've got a call to order. And um, hold on. Meeting is being held pursuant to government code section 54953E. And in light of the declared state of emergency, the regular meeting of the city council, excuse me, of the pedestrian bicycle committee for March 21st, 2020, will be conducted telephonically through Zoom and broadcast live on the city's website and cable TV channel 27. All right. With that, I think we should probably have a call to order. Um, I don't see everybody here, but uh, Chairman, I'm not sure if you're chairman this evening, Chairman Roller, but uh, we'll go with that for now. Are you here? I will take that as an aye. Yes. Thank you. Aye. All right, Vice Chair Kieran Culligan. Yes, here. Great. And uh, Commissioner Regan Fulton, are you here? here? Here, thank you. And uh, Commissioner Jessica Penrod, are you here? Jessica yeah, reported. She, yeah, yeah, Jessica reported she was unable to attend. She's actually on an airplane. Okay, um, I think we have three, so we do have a quorum at this point in time. And um, so that that moves us on to item two, which is public comment. Uh, for items that are not on the agenda. Video or audio public comment participation is limited to three minutes per speaker. If you would like to make a comment, please raise your hand in the Zoom application and you will be called upon when it is your time to speak. To raise your hand from a phone, press star nine. Each speaker will be notified when their time has elapsed. So do we have any speakers? I see Kevin Carroll's hand raised. Um, Kevin, I will turn it over to you at this point, I think. Just to unmute. Kevin, okay. are you with us? I think I'm here. Hey, <laughs> bear with me, okay? That's that's good for now. There, there you are, sir. Thank you. Okay. Uh, just an add-on to uh, my public comment already. And I, a question was raised about the response, and I want to say the parking control officer was on the scene within a minute or two, and I believe she checked on the person first, and then while well, I was on the line with 911, and then she was directing traffic to keep it moving so that um, the ambulance and fire truck could arrive. A patrol officer was there within three or four minutes, and I think the fire truck and ambulance were there at about seven minutes. So it was a fairly quick response. And then um, the second thing, and I assume, Kevin, are you gonna bring up about the park and rec and the bicycle thing? Uh, no, you go ahead at this point. Okay, I brought up to the park and rec about the fact that their permit application only requires bicycles if there's over a thousand people attending an event and they were approving the permit for the Flynn Family Circus, um, which is a family-friendly event. 
and less than a thousand people. Um, the commissioners all agreed. They think that the permit should examine bicycle parking on uh, smaller events. And the supervisor filling in right now said he was gonna check. He thinks there's bike racks on the MLK field site uh, and he'll make sure that they're in working order and near the tent when they all get set up. But they all agreed it's something that probably the you guys and the Marin County Bike Coalition should get involved with at some point down the road. And that's it. Thank you. Thank you, Kevin. We always appreciate your eyes about town, both during your workday and after hours. So thank you. Yes, thank you, Kevin. Appreciate it. Any more public comment at this point? Mr. Vice Chairman, I don't see any hands raised at this point in time. All right, great. Let's move on to the next agenda item. Our next agenda, um, our next agenda item, I believe, is membership update. Oh, sorry, uh, I missed one. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm sorry about that. Uh, oh, approval okay. of minutes. Item three I'll is approval of to approve our minutes from the last meeting. Do I have a second? A second. All right, second from Regan. And I will call the roll. Okay, uh, Chairman Aaron Roller. Yes. Right. Uh, Regan Fulton. Yes. And Kieran Culligan. Yes. I think maybe we forgot one step, which was to ask the public if they wanted to comment on the minutes. So, does anyone want to comment on the minutes that we maybe mistakenly just passed? Sorry about that. And I don't see any hands raised, so I think we're okay there, Mr. Vice Chairman. My apologies. Good catch, Kevin. Glad we had no violent opposition to our minutes. <laughs> All right. Our next item is membership updates. Great. Uh, I think a few people had membership updates. Uh, Aaron, I'll Or Aaron, I think you actually were the primary one. Yeah, so um, I'm, I wanted to, uh, to mention also that I think you're all aware <clears throat> I'm kind of living in two continents at, at this point and um, looking at the plans, I was planning out my future um, and it would seem that I'll be in Sausalito about half time. Um, so with that in mind, um, I, I would uh, love to continue contributing uh, as I am, but I feel uh, that it's not totally responsible to be uh, the chair uh, uh, and and to not be able to have that kind of attendance even or, or especially within the um, town itself. So I wanted to uh, just make a motion that if uh, if Kieran willing to uh, step up as chair or chair, then um, then I would I would love to make a motion to uh, to act uh, to, to, to recommend as such if um, if that would be appropriate. To Karen, would you uh, would you be willing to uh, to to help with uh, being chair? My uh, I, well honored. I am honored. My after hours schedule is quite busy. Not as busy as Susan and many others here. Stress. Um, I'm Aaron at halftime is actually worth yeah, a lot. Um, I, I mean, if there's kind of grab the chair. 
Uh, we could totally, I'd, I'd be happy to do it. Um, I'd probably prefer to do current setup and meeting by meeting and trying to the right person to take chair based on the deck available. We have seats to fill. I don't know if there's an update, Susan, on slots, um, but maybe when we have a full complement on, on revisit official chairship. Yeah. Sound, sounds good. So sounds to me like um, we should, based on record, uh, I'm identifying that, that my uh, role will be slightly diminished and um, that, uh, uh, or at least uh, Kieran doesn't want to make this time. See Warren's, uh, Warren's hand up. Love to hear. Yeah, more. I just want to make a couple, um, a couple uh, announcements about funding for projects around the county, not in the Saucio city limits, but certainly ones used by people who live here. Um, so just this past week, SMART um, uh, sent out the contracts to fund design, 100% design and permitting for all of their unbuilt um, segments of pathway in Marin County. This is two and a half million dollars for I think about five miles of pathway. So really exciting. Those should be up to 100% design in the next year at which point um, SMART will, look, will start looking for construction uh, funding to get those get those in the ground. Uh, additionally, we learned this week that Representative Jared Huffman got a what used to be called an earmark, now it's called a community project um, through for Marin in the, uh, the most recent appropriations bill, which is $700,000 for planning design and um, permitting of a segment of Bay Trail between Remillard Park, which is just east of uh, Larkspur Ferry, where the Bay Trail currently ends, all the way there past San Quentin to the um, the top of the hill at East Sir Francis Drake, Anderson, and the I-580 flyover, where it will connect then to the Richmond San Rafael Bridge. So a few million bucks for, for uh, better bikeways in Marin just this past week. So really exciting stuff. Um, I'll have a blog post about it, but I want to share that with you all you got right now. Awesome. Thanks for sharing, Warren. That's an important area. Yay, man, good work. Can I ask Susan. a question? Um, Warren, do you happen to know if Congressman Huffman was also able to get, I know we have been talking and asked for a, um, some kind of a special appropriation for the Vista Trail. Is that still under consideration? So my understanding, I spoke to Darren Brown at the National Park Service a couple weeks ago around some unbladed stuff. And he, he told me at that point that the, actually that project is now fully funded. And so is no longer in need of, of that earmark from Congressman Huffman. Um, I think it's slated for construction in 2025, um, which is a little ways out, not as uh, expeditious as we would like, but, but it does have construction putting at this point. There's just a lot of like lead remediation and stuff that has to go in the, the work that has to come to that. Awesome. And as a reminder to everybody, the Vista Trail will allow tourist cyclists to, to um, basically uh, go down to Cavallo Point um, from the from the north uh, east parking lot, right? Is that right, Lauren? Yeah. Yeah, and it just, it just allows people to bypass, an uh, easier bypass of Alexander if they so choose. Exactly, yeah. That's to, to Sausalito residents, it's very relevant because it could greatly reduce the uh, slower, kind of less skilled traffic, uh, bike traffic on Alexander, making it uh, probably better for, for the cyclists, less stressful for them, and a little less congested for the drivers. 
sorry, and just was one more one more note kind of on that. I, I should have mentioned this. I'm also um, I have a meeting scheduled with with Bridge District um, staff um, in two weeks to talk about safety on Alexander Avenue. Um, you know, especially in light of the the tragic fatality on Easter Francis Drake uh, two months ago um, on White Hill. You know, which was a fairly similar configuration to Alexander Avenue, slightly faster speed limit, but but in terms of vehicle speeds themselves, not all that different. Um, especially given the amount of bicycle and pedestrian traffic on Alexander, I had raised with the the president of the board, and he had um, asked staff to to meet meet with the bike coalition to discuss improved safety on that. So look for an update on that um, in the future. Nothing to report yet, but but um, something we're working on. Susan, one brief question for you. Any update on city council being able to accept or vote in applications? I know we had at least one very strong applicant out there. Yeah, thank you, Karen. Um, so unfortunately we had a special meeting that was scheduled for March 26th for a very long time. Um, and we were gonna do all of our interviews for all the boards and commissions on that date. And that has now been rescheduled um, due to um, a council member's absence. So the and rescheduled, I think, till the beginning or the end of April. Um, so I was going to suggest tomorrow at our council meeting that we do what we used to do, which is have at least some interviews just before our council meetings um, so that we can start clearing up some of these backlogs. Um, it just seems like we keep getting them pushed out. And uh, maybe oh. Susan, I don't know if, it, given the kind of irregular circumstances and the duration that it's taken to get this done, is maybe there's a way we can just ask for an exception in this case. Uh, Karen Weiner is 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 an exceptional person that has been joining us. She couldn't join us today due to a work conflict, uh, but she's you know seems seems great. I don't know if 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 we can put a little pressure on 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 the rest of the city council and just say, because we, we got really close. I had to, I had to kind of do some begging to actually get a, a quorum tonight. And so we're, we're really, um, you know, we're, we're limited to, to our, to our, um, I totally understand. I've raised it. I think at almost every city council meeting, um, at future agenda items, you might want to consider writing to the, I am on the agenda setting committee. So I apologize, but I have done, I feel like I've done what, I can. Okay. I will raise it again tomorrow, yep. but you might want to write, uh, write to the mayor and vice mayor directly. Okay, uh, I'll do that. Yeah, and please, please know I I do know I have seen you out there uh, <laughs> pushing. So this is more of a, a you know a public comment rather than hey Susan you're not trying hard enough. So no no I'm not taking <laughs> it that way. I'm just trying to explain the reality. I have raised it. Um, and, um, you know, I think in terms of making an exception, it would really matter if there were other applicants for this position. Uh-huh, yeah, yeah. And, and, and we, don't, and we don't even know if that's the case. We haven't even heard if there are other applicants. So, so I don't even know. Um, so I'm gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna do that exactly uh, and, and turn, up, turn up the heat a little bit because it's kind of becoming unreasonable, you know, from my, uh, um, my, my perspective. So thank you. Thank you, Aaron. Thank you, Susan. All right, unless there's any other member updates, I'd like to move on to our next agenda. Okay. I, uh, Mr. Vice Chair, I think we need to take public comment on the last item, just in case. And uh, if anybody has public comment on membership updates, please raise your hand. 
in the Zoom meeting, and it doesn't appear that we have any of those. So just checking. And I don't think we need to take action on that right now, so we don't have to call the roll. So ne next item is a regular business item. And I think we'll start out with uh, the bridgeway from Napa to Johnson Street safety study. And I have some input on that, but I think uh, Kieran or Aaron, you had a presentation you want to share with everybody. Yeah, I was gonna do the presentation for that one. Um, do we have the consultants on, Kevin? We have received a proposal for this project and we have not awarded it at this point in time. I am talking to the consultants specifically to take a look at their scope of work. I wanted to make sure that their scope of work included the intersection of Napa Street and how to look at that specifically from a safety perspective. So um, there's a little more fine tuning that we need to do on their scope before we bring it before council, but I think we, if I get enough time in my day, I think they'll probably put it on for the first meeting in April. Okay, great. I was hoping that we would have them for this discussion so they could hear it live, but regardless, this is going to be, a, I think, a really valuable consolidation of all of the public input, thoughts, ideas, issues we've seen for this stretch so that the consultants can go back, uh, watch it at 1.5x speed and, and, uh, and work it into the safety study. Um, Kevin, anything you wanna add before I dive into this? No, please dive away. Okay, and Megan, would you mind putting Matthew Hartzell as a co-presenter for this section? He's gonna present a few slides. I got that. I'm gonna share my screen. Okay, hopefully people can see my presentation screen. Uh, what we're gonna be covering tonight is this stretch from Bridgeway from Johnson to Napa. So you can think of this as kind of paralleling the Caledonia corridor in town. Um, it's, a, it's a really important thoroughfare for many cars, bikes, pedestrians, scooters. My four-year-old on her little bike, uh, tourists get through here, commuters, people who are coming through for work, um, people coming through for recreational re uh, reasons. All ages, all types of people. We think it's up to a thousand bicycles per day. I don't have a good count on pedestrians. And, um, and there's there's a lot, not just moving in the direction, but also crossing Bridgeway in this area. So there's a lot of people who might live on the water side. They're going to the hillside. They might live on the hillside. They're going to the water side. They're just exploring town. There's a lot of reasons to be crossing in that area. We've got restaurants, we've got the waterfront, we've got parks, we've got shops, we've got houses. There's a lot going on in this area. And it's a really noticeable safety hotspot in Marin. It's been called out numerous times as a hotspot in official publications. You see a lot of accident rates, that's for pedestrians, for cars, and for bikes. We've talked about it in the past, um, in particular back in May of 2021, this was a focus item where we particularly talked about a collision, um, a, a crash where a child um, was, was injured in the Napa intersection. Um, we're not gonna kind of be diving into that again today. We're not getting into um, enforcement because I don't think that's going to be necessarily be the scope of our safety study that's upcoming. But we wanna take all of that into context as we think about what could make this stretch safer. Um, safer doesn't mean that it's just for the existing people, but something is safer. It means more people are gonna be out there riding their bike, walking, making, uh, making active transportation choices 
So um, this is an important one to get right. Super appreciative to city staff, Kevin in particular, uh, city council for funding this safety study this year. We um, can't wait to see the recommendations. We can't wait to then identify what, what can we start to put into motion quickly, uh, really quickly. So what are the safety issues? I'm gonna go pretty quickly here, but there's a couple of big ones. Um, we'll kind of roughly go through these. Don't worry, there's not a page on every one. Um, but one of them is speed. Uh, and I'll hand over to Matt here, but we have a real opportunity when we think about speed limits on this stretch. So Matt, if you're able to uh, unmute, please, please share. Okay, I think I'm unmuted. Can you hear me? Yeah. Hi, good evening, everybody. Uh, thank you. This is Matt Hartzell with WTB TAM. And uh, this is just purely informational at this point, but I think it's a good conversation starter. And hopefully it's uh, something that the consultants can have a uh, professional look at when they uh, do their study once they're chosen. So uh, Assembly Person Friedman uh, proposed a bill which got signed into law by the governor last fall, Assembly Bill 43, and it's it allows um, cities ministerially to lower speed limits in certain segments of city streets that meet certain conditions by up to five miles per hour either from a 30 zone down to a 25 zone or from a 25 zone down to a 20 zone. And these are, there's going to be new rules and guidelines that are unfolding over a period of years. Eventually this law will extend into residential neighborhoods. It can give local agencies a new tool in their toolbox to try to improve safety in some particular hotspots for accidents, um, for collisions. But in the meantime, the most immediate action can be taken in what it really could be defined as commercial zones. And on this map, on this picture, the kind of pink hue are commercial land use um, on this stretch that we're looking at. Uh, the safety zone stretch from Napa to Johnson, as well as the segment to the south as far as Princess Street. So the current guidelines allow cities to ministerially lower speed limits in commercial zones if they meet three of four conditions, which are more than 50% of the frontage is commercial, this corridor meets that condition, that there is on-street parking provided throughout the corridor, this corridor meets that condition, that there are traffic control space no greater than 600 feet. According to that condition, this stretch uh, doesn't meet that condition, but that's okay because it meets the, um, the fourth condition. So there's at least four or three that are met and that's that there are crosswalks throughout the corridor. And um, there's been a lot, of act, a lot of collisions on this corridor. Part of the reason is simply that this is an extremely high volume corridor for cyclists and for pedestrians being at the, uh, in one of the, in, in the place in Marin County with the highest number of tourists, uh, both on a daily basis and annually. So this is just one possible tool in a, what's a, a toolbox that includes design enforcement and um, policy this is a, this would be a free uh, free of cost change that the city could take if they de deem it um, appropriate and i we hope that the safety uh, and community will have an opportunity to to comment i'm sure some people will not be happy but the truth is on these very kind of densely populated with lots of activity and lots of crosswalks zones a lot of cars are already traveling 20 miles an hour or less so for the most part it's not even a loss of time to most 
vehicles, vehicles and that five miles an hour can make a big difference if somebody is unfortunately hit by a moving vehicle can be the difference between a very mild injury and a very serious injury. So with that, I'll turn it back to you, Karen. Great, Matt, thank you so much for doing the legwork here, right? It's, uh, I know there was real work that went to the safety stats, the eligibility to understanding it all. This is a new thing, uh, but I'm, I'm really glad it's brought up here. As we get into discussion, it could be, I'd like to hear from the committee, from the public as well. Like, is this something, should we wait for the safety study? Could we make a motion and even consider change on this sooner? But this is great. So Mr. Vice Chair, before you get going on that, Matthew, you said you are with TAM. I am assuming that's transportation alternatives of Marin and not um, the other TAM. Uh, yes, we are I am. We are an uh, advocacy organization based in Mill Valley for 30 years. And we currently go by the name WTB TAM. And we're not affiliated with the Transportation Authority of Marin. Okay, that sounds good. Thank you, just wanted to clarify that. Thanks, Kevin. Okay, great. Uh, the number two item was around bicycle facilities. This is just a quick glimpse at the cross section right now. So it's a pretty wide uh, section, um, not just curb to curb, but kind of the whole usable area. If we think about the sidewalks, it's um, quite interesting. Uh, we have technically what's a bike path on the far water side. You wouldn't know it from signage or from markings or from the overgrowth of vegetation, but there's something there. Uh, in reality, bicycles headed northbound are really riding in, in the door zone, which can be a dangerous spot. There is no bike lane, there's shadows. There is a full a full length turn lane. So essentially for that whole stretch, there is a turn lane, um, which I guess technically could be left turns in either direction. In reality, there's only two places where you're really seeing uh, common left turns. It's pretty sparse everywhere else. And so it's really only two of seven intersections with any meaningful amount of left turns. I could be wrong there, but that's my assertion. Uh, and then it's a pretty narrow bike lane in the southbound direction. So there's a what we call class two bike lane there, um, but it's narrow, puts you in the door zone. And there's a lot of what I call right hooks, which would be you're riding along and the car in front of you is in the lane of traffic and makes a right-hand turn either right next to you, right in front of you. I witnessed one myself right in front of Equator Sausalito a couple of months ago. Fortunately, the gentleman wasn't hurt, uh, but it is extremely scary uh, and dangerous situation. So uh, it's definitely one of the things we're faced with from a safety issue. Another big one is high-speed traffic. So from the north, it, it basically looks like a highway in terms of what is funneling into this section of roadway. So we've got, you know, something looks like a four-lane highway that all of a sudden turns into one lane in each direction in our little commercial district. But that means a lot of speed. People are carrying a lot of speed as they come from the north heading southbound uh, into this area. It is, um, you know, in, in this intersection, all that speed means it's a pretty hard left turn for motorists. So if you're on map and you want to turn left onto Bridgeway northbound, that can be pretty challenging. Uh, I hadn't really thought about it until I was putting to this presentation together, but this crosswalk right here, if you've exited the freeway and you're driving south through town, this is the first uncontrolled crosswalk you come across. So you kind of assume everything's light control, I'm driving fast, the lights will tell me when to stop. So you get here um, and that creates a dangerous situation. We see it in the statistics, we've seen the videos. 
I, I just I avoid this intersection uh, because I don't like it, even though it has the rapid flashing beacon. There's a lot of speed there. Um, there's also, as part of number three, there's also a high-speed slip lane to Caledonia. Uh, slip lanes are usually designed and exist for unimpeded vehicular movement. Keep it moving, keep it relatively high speed. Is that actually what we want for welcoming people into a low-speed 20-mile-per-hour commercial slash residential district on Caledonia? Um, is that how we want people to experience this crosswalk here? I don't know, but we definitely call it out as a safety issue. Uh, Aaron brought this one up in the past, but there's an element in the northbound direction too at this intersection, is that even before people get to the Napa intersection, they see a highway, they see a four-lane highway ahead. They're starting to gear up. So just as they should be staying nice and slow for that intersection, they're instead speeding up, um, maybe even moving their visual focus to further out, not looking peripherally at, at what could be in that crosswalk. And again, we know the dangers that are there. We've seen children get hit. Um, nobody wants to see that. So there are things we can do. Uh, I'm gonna go quick through these, but physical islands to provide protection, um, creating refuge, you could remove the left turn. We can see from statistics that's not actually used very often. Um, we have a really long crosswalk here, 62 feet. That's a long way to go. Um, roundabout, right? That, this would be the big one. So. Can you slow, is there a way to slow down speeds both in the northbound direction and in the southbound direction? Is there a way to make left turns safer? Is there a way to provide for a U-turn if someone's been looking for parking, they didn't find it and they need to go around again or they need to do something else? Is there a way to, um, you know, just in generally create safer facilities for everyone? Like, yeah, there is a way to do that, we think, uh, and with a roundabout. I'm gonna hand it over to Matt again to show some of what he's visualized is an amazing vision. Hi, thanks, Karen. So yeah, you we think that it's possible that you could put a roundabout at this intersection. And this is just a purely first go conceptual design. It is to, it is to scale and it is super overlaid directly over the, uh, the previous image. Um, and, it, and it fits within the current right of way. Um, but it's a purely concept, so of course, any um, actual direction from uh, from the city to to pursue this as an alternative, I'm sure, would go through several iterations and lots of comment from uh, from community members. But um, just from a very top view down down view, what is this? What what are the benefits of a roundabout at this location? I think Karen kind of led into a lot of what them. This is a real transition point to the north and uh, west, you have a four lane road with no uncontrolled crossings, um, getting it's it's kind of the services, the freeway, it's there's a lot of spread out land use and industrial land use. And on to the south and the east of here, this is really the beginning of downtown Sausalito. There's a lot of activity, pedestrian and bicyclists and, uh, and shopper and uh, recreation. And so not only is this an important place from a traffic safety standpoint to really orient drivers that you're, hey, you're entering downtown Sausalito, there's lots of activity, lots of people out and about and a roundabout really does that because it forces you through design to put on the brakes. However, it actually doesn't add uh, additional time to, I mean, it, it, uh, it, it, it's a win-win from everybody's standpoint, from the pedestrian to the cyclist to the, the motorist as well. 
Um, it improves motorist flow and it also improves non-motorized safety. And you could make it a really iconic location. Um, there's a statue that's on the corner there. You could move it to the center of the roundabout or you could commission a whole new piece of art to um, welcome people to downtown Sausalito. Um, you could tweak a lot of the, the design here, but the, the basic idea is that it really serves as a point of transition between two different kind of zones on this important corridor. So look Great, forward to, we hope that we can see some, some follow-up and, and, and new, see, see, see where this goes. Great, thanks Matt. Kevin, I see your hand up. Matt, did you want to add any of the, the safety aspects that are involved with a roundabout? Right. I'll just, I'll just start by saying, okay. if you'll notice folks, you'll see that the crosswalks are the first thing that the driver will see. So before you go around the roundabout, the intent is to see those pedestrians before you get to the roundabout, to have them slow down before they get there. That's an added improvement to, to an intersection. Now there's other little details that I think Matthew's noted here and whether you pull the cyclists off or you have them on the road to circle around the roundabout or not, those little details can come into play later on. But the general concept really is to is to pull the pedestrians back so that they visually seen before they cross. Matt, did you want to add anything to that? I, I would add that um, there are also things you can do design-wise to make sure that you're accommodating large vehicles such as fire engines and trucks, delivery trucks, because obviously this is an important corridor that they use as well. So the kind of outer radius of the the center of the roundabout, that can be a mountable curb of different angles um, to allow different trucks to, or fire engines to, to travel through without having to make that a tight maneuver at a high speed. And yeah, the pedestrians crossing the arms of this roundabout at no point are they ever crossing more than a single lane of traffic at once. That's a big safety improvement over the existing condition where they're crossing three or more very three or four wide lanes of traffic. Yeah. Warren? Yeah, I just wanted to, to point out one additional, you know, safety feature of, of the roundabout. Again, I know that we, we um, see a lot of roundabouts internationally, not done here in the U.S. And just one of, one of the reasons why these are uh, especially safe, why these improve safety is that it, it makes it they, they through the design they make it so that when collisions do occur they're much more likely to occur at low speed and not you know head to head um so the the graph um that was shown earlier in the presentation that was referring to pedestrian uh injury like the likelihood of pedestrian injury with the crash again the the most with the the biggest factor when determining whether a crash leads to an injury and or a severe injury or, or fatality is speed and and roundabouts do a very good job of making sure that when those crashes occur, they occur at low speed. Great, thanks, Warren. All right, thank you again, Matt. That was fantastic. I love the, the vision here. And uh, just for our consultants, we can direct them to some previous studies that show the traffic counts in this area. Fortunately, it's already been done. Um, certainly, could support the roundabout. And I've grouped kind of the, the last number of safety areas, just all of the intersections into one. I haven't gone and detailed any of them. If, um, 
individual committee members, the public want to comment on individual intersections and problem areas, we definitely want to get to that. Uh, but just want to call, call out there are a number of additional intersections in addition to NAP on this stretch, six of them. Um, where there is opportunity from a left turn from a, from a side street, those are pretty difficult left turns to make, both for motorists and for bicycles. Uh, for pedestrians, really through this whole stretch, there's a lot of speed that you feel from cars if they haven't had anything to slow them down, especially um, the, the cars heading southbound. So definitely a list of pedestrians throughout the zone. I'd say it increases as you go north. Relatively long crosswalks, no refuge. Um, cars in center lane, if they're waiting to make that left turn, uh, can create an effect where they're actually hiding the pedestrian in the crosswalk visually from the car that's continuing uh, in the northbound lane. Um, I definitely feel that, uh, that safety issue at times, both as a pedestrian that I have to watch for and as a driver. Um, so definitely a number of, of safety hotspots throughout, but I haven't detailed them intersection by intersection. So that's all I had for my presentation on the hotspots. I'd love to um, probably see if there's any questions from this president, do a couple of things. Um, maybe hand over to the chief for a minute who kindly has joined us tonight. Chief, you and your staff probably drive this area and see more action than anyone else. Uh, maybe just only rivaling uh, Kevin Carroll, but uh, if, love, if you have any kind of thoughts, do these uh, hotspots resonate? Are there other things that you and your staff see in this area that should be uh, considered in the safety study? Sure, uh, thank you for the opportunity to comment, Garrett, and for the committee and for the interesting work that I just saw from uh, Matthew as well. Uh, you know, the, the it's, uh, interesting about Sausalito is, and, you know, no secret that we're a very old city with, um, you know, old, old uh, narrow streets throughout. And, and hopefully you think that that would make people drive slower, but it really doesn't necessarily. And so having the, the opportunity when it presents itself to do some redesign, you know, then it's a really great move for safety. I uh, look forward to being able to work with whatever, you know, person might come on board to work on this project. But in the meantime, I would say that this block or set, set of blocks, you know, from Napa, um, you know, all the way down, you know, uh, past Turney and is really in need of some reason. I really like that new bill about the reduction of the speed, because even though people carry speed coming into town, you know, the, the design of Napa coming into town from the north almost lends itself to people wanting to accelerate to get into the through lane because they did not calculate that that's a right turn only lane. So it turns into like a miniature speed contest to get over, um, you know, into the lane to be able to go straight. Because uh, heaven forbid somebody should have to go around the block because they miscalculated. Why not just step on the gas and cause a, you know, an inconvenience for everybody else by speeding. And so it looks like like starting with that turnaround would be a really great thing. And, and of course, I'm not doing any calculations about the money at the moment. I'm sure all this stuff costs a lot of money, but maybe there's sources to get that. So it'd be a, you know, excellent opportunity to look at where we could um, take into consideration all those things that were pointed out already about the, the vehicles and the pedestrians and the crosswalks, very active. And I think it's got especially more so since Dumpy Park was finished. The Dumpy Park is a really nice park now. 
and the city put a lot of time and, and effort into making that a really nice park and people use it all the time which is i think exactly what everybody wanted to have happen uh, but there's a lot of people crossing that road and so uh, and frankly everybody else goes way too fast uh, for that to be safe and i think it was great you pointed out that people don't know about that that uh, old railroad right away is actually a, a a good bike lane but like you said it's hardly used by anybody for that i don't know that they see it you know and so it's it's unfortunate because it's a it's pretty wide and it's a great opportunity for people especially if you've got kids that are riding so anyways i'm i'm excited about the thought of that there could be something in the future for you know that roadway segment and thank you for asking me for some comments Great, thanks, Steve. Yeah, great point uh, about the kind of the race to, to the merge and just speeding people up. We're exactly where we want them slowing down. Uh, I see a couple of hands up. So I'd say let's do questions um, and then we'll take public comment and then come back to the group discussion. Does that sound appropriate? So Kevin and Susan, I'll get to your, uh, if you have questions. Go ahead, Susan. Oh, I was gonna say the same, Kevin, but. <laughs> Um, I guess my question is to you, Kevin, um, which is, what is the timing of the safety study? Um, and it sounds like what we're doing tonight is kind of gathering ideas and things that we want a professional to consider, if I'm understanding this presentation correctly. And so can you just remind me, at least, maybe everybody else knows where we are in that um, process and... Um, timing and scope, et cetera. Sure. Um, the scope is something that I mentioned earlier that I want to review with the consultant. I wanna make sure that we have the right scope and that it is does include a little more in-depth study of Napa Street, Napa intersection with Bridgeton. So um, I think we, I need a couple more weeks to solidify that, that scope of services and if I have some luck and some time, I'd love to bring it to council in the first meeting of April so that we could approve the consultant agreement. It's just finding some time. Remember, we've got pretty limited staff. Now, as far as some of the other aspects, I think that the study itself will take at least three months. We have to give them at least some time to look at the data to think about things, look at the sketches that Matthew and others have developed. And what I'd like them to do as well is look at the warrants of the intersections. Now, for those of you who might not be familiar with some of the safety aspects of intersections, if we want to signalize or put a stop sign in someplace, it has to meet a certain warrant. And those are specified, I think it's in the vehicle code, but I can't really remember, so bear with me. <laughs> But I want our consultant to look at those throughout the entire reach to see, hey, do we need more signals down here to slow people down? So that's why I'm suggesting that we're gonna need a little bit more time to make sure we study everything, particularly particularly, right there at Napa Street. So hopefully that addresses your question um, associated with timing. At least three months, and we'll probably interact quite a bit with this subcommittee. So we're looking at mid to the end of summer to come up with a recommendation, but you folks will probably know more once we start discussing it with the consultant anyway, to see where they're, they're heading as far as their recommendation. 
Thank you. I had a couple other comments as well. And I know that we, we, we kind of steered towards looking at Napa Street as far as a roundabout, which we've talked about, which I do appreciate, but we want to also take a look at some of the other considerations on the roadway as well, such as parking. I'm noticing, well, I've noticed since I started here that the, the parking is very close to the intersections themselves, which limits sight distance. And so there may be some, <laughs> the chairman is kind of giggling over there. Um, so we really need to take a look at this and it's not just on Bridgeway, it's on Caledonia as well. The last parking spaces are so close to the actual turn radius that you can't see the cars coming at you. So residents of Sausalito may not like this specifically, but I do think that we need to have more no parking areas so that we have better, better visibility. Sorry, I just can't talk now. <laughs> a little cold. Um, so that we have better visibility for vehicles as well as cyclists and pedestrians. The other things to look at have to do with striping, whether we actually need to have two crosswalks at each intersection. Do we need this? And then the other thing that I wanna to talk to the consultants about has to do with putting in crosswalks with bulb outs so that those who are going to cross the street are further closer, are closer to the lane so that folks who are driving can see them better. And then there's obviously rapid flashing beacons and other things. So while the roundabout is a, is a great idea, it's very expensive, and I'd love to hit some of these low-hanging fruit areas where it's striping changes and is possibly some cement work for the, the bulb outs. Let's see if we can get going with those so that the consultant identifies these things first up. And then for those longer term items where we know we need a lot of money, we, we have to put those on the back burner until we can find a grant or some funding to help us pay for these type of this type of work. So just wanted to mention those things as well. Thank you. Great, thank you, Kevin. That's right, I mean, it's a long list. There's no silver bullet for this stretch. There's a long list of things we should be considering. Okay, um, I'm gonna move it over. Let's start public comment. I see a couple of hands up. I also have Karen Wiener wasn't able to raise her hand on the functionality, but maybe after we take the Four hands that are up, we'll move over and take Karen's comment as well. So could we, um, Megan or Kevin, can you see the queue of whose hand is up first for public comment? Uh, I think first up is Vicki Nichols. Vicki? Hi, Kevin. Thank you. Thank you, committee. Um, this is very interesting. I think it would be really helpful. Um, you had some diagrams that you put up, even though these aren't finals. Um, one of the things that I've mentioned before is if you want to bring the public along with them with you, you need to let them know what you're doing. So if you're thinking about these things, it doesn't hurt. You can put preliminary, et cetera. I'd also like to just remind you, for instance, when you talk about Caledonia Street, the other uh, end of the street has this pilot program with a one-way north lane. What that has really done for us that live on the side street is to force us then to go out and make these left-hand turns. We used to be able to go down to Pine and turn at a signal. So please look at all the consequences of these things. You've got one end of the block with one project and this roundabout in the other. 
I want us to be spending our money in a good way collectively and holistically. So I would just encourage you to um, take that approach rather than piecemeal. Thank you. Sorry about that. Next on our, on the, uh, that's her hand raised for public comment is Sybil Bautier. Sybil? Who did? Hold on, Sybil. Don't mute it. Okay. Okay. Good evening. Um, thank you so much. I'm so uh, happy that you are addressing this issue. And um, because it is something that we've been looking at, I noticed in the, in the 2018 Marin County Travel Safety Plan for South Salido, this area between Napa and San Carlos was called out as the, um, you know, highest level of, of uh, collisions here in um, South Salido. And in fact, um, South Salido was named by the um, California Office of Traffic Safety as the number one for bike collisions of 67 similar size towns in the state and number five for pedestrian collisions with this particular corridor you're talking about being the worst area and almost 23% of the accidents involve seniors. And so that is an issue of particular concern. Um, and I know that um, Neil Whitelaw, a senior who used to live here until he went to nursing home, uh, advocated very um, aggressively for getting at least the blinking lights at Napa Street for the crosswalk. Those are somewhat more effective. Uh, I've noticed um, cars and many bicycles ignoring them. But um, I, I love the idea of a roundabout. Um, I, I don't know, you know, the financial uh, situation with that kind of a um, of a solution, but I think, you know, it's lovely. I had one question about that though. And is, would the bikes be going around the roundabout as well? Or is there a separate uh, straight passage for the bicycles? I, I could answer that question if you want. There, There's no it there because it's just a concept at this point, but- No, I theory, understand. But in theory, bicyclists would e they would be able to do either or. They could either go through the roundabout just like a car does, and some bicyclists would be completely comfortable doing that. But other cyclists would be able to go up a little ramp from the bike lane onto kind of the sidewalk, and the sidewalk would be extra wide there, and there'd be a lot of space. And um, you could have it marked with some green paint. There's a lot of the design details could always be worked out, but cyclists would be able to go on the same path as the pedestrians around the roundabout. So that would be the safest way. Uh, safest way for the bikes, but not for the pedestrians. Well, you, you could do, you, you'd have a lot, you could have a lot of space there. So you could clearly mark like a bike lane here and a pedestrian space, and you could have striped lines. There's a lot of things you could do to make sure that everybody is safe, but yeah. Right. So, so you're talking about the same kind of little ramp like they have at Gate Five Road, Gate Six Road now. You know, Sybil, I think that all those little details will have to be worked out. I understand. I I think it's a brilliant idea. I just uh, would like to make sure that we really think about the pedestrians um, 
um, and especially because that is a particular corridor that's used by, uh, there's two senior buildings on B Street and the folks, you know, uh, are mostly on foot, often going down to Dumpy Park and to those different businesses along that corridor. And um, so, you know, representing seniors, <laughs> I just want to particularly um, uh, mention that, that that's one other population um, that is a uh, high use in that area. But, uh, and it is uh, the worst area for collisions in the city. So I'm so happy you're, you're dealing with this and coming up with ideas. And thank you for that. Thank you, Sybil. Thank you, Sybil. Sybil, also, would you mind uh, emailing me those statistics that you mentioned about the, uh, the, the Sausalito um, ranking? Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's, um, I came from Berkeley. I think David Parisi told me about it and it's yeah. the yeah. Marin County Travel Safety Plan and it was issued in 2018. That was the last one we okay. did. That's, I know exactly where it is. I'll, I'll look at that. That's, thank you so much. Yeah. All right, uh, next on public, our, our public comment is uh, David Suto. David? With us, David? There you go. Hi, hi. Um, I, I was making notes during this presentation. There's a lot of good content. Um, you know, Jonathan Goldman was able to lower speeds on the south end of town um, on Alexander and and South Street and Second Street under under existing rules. I think um, all the bicycle congestion helped him be able to lower those speed limits. Um, I'm all for continuing a 20 more mile per hour speed limit through from the south end of town all the way to Napa Street. I think that's just a big safety um, issue that we should work on. I also want, I also say that it seems like at least some of our side streets need speed limit signs or painted speed limits on the streets. There's people, as soon as they hit streets like, um, like Turney or or Richardson, they they hit their gas and they go up the hill as fast as they can. And it's just, there's a lot of people crossing the street, some of them not at the intersection. It's, there's safety issues there. and People need to be reminded what, what the speed limit actually is, I think. Um, I really like that sketch on the roundabout. This is the first time I've seen a fully fleshed out sketch. Um, you know, it, it I, things I'm seeing besides the huge safety improvement is that we could really use, there's park space opportunities on the edges for people to do interesting things. And it, it really would help connect Caledonia Street with, with the waterfront. Um, so I'm really excited about that. Uh, I think that, you know, when we moved bot the bocce court and the restrooms down to that end of town, it really increased the traffic on Napa and, and made something, you know, ratcheted up the need to, to really do something there. Um, you know, I, the, the paint idea or, or maybe more than paint on the island there, uh, at Napa going northbound, I think is a great idea. Uh, I'm always scared when I'm making a left turn turn that someone's going to jump the gun and speed up kind of through that zone and, uh, hit me when I'm making a left-hand turn off of, uh, Napa and, uh, you know, something to prevent that from happening would be great. It also prevent 
someone from doing that and hitting a kid in the crosswalk too, um, who hasn't pressed the L, you know, the, the crosswalk light. Um, I'd also note that, you know, we still need a, a bike lane on the northbound side of that stretch of bridgeway. Um, and we need some paving desperately on that street. Um, and then, you know, Johnson Street on that safety study, that intersection was like the number two intersection in the county on that priest when Priestley did that. So that definitely needs attention. Thanks. Thanks, David. Thank you, David. Oh, let's uh, now let's move over to Karen. Karen is the 415-331 phone number. Could we unmute her? I'm not sure. Oh. I pressed on the ask to unmute. Oh, she has to do the rest. Can you hear me? There you go. Yeah. Got you. Can you hear me? Oh, gosh, yes. sorry. Thank you for uh, having me. I'm just on my bike commute back to Sausalito. Um, I uh, am, am so I am a resident of San Carlos. Somebody mentioned San Carlos already. And I um, ride the stretch multiple times every day, and I walk on it with my kid. Um, and, you know, there are a couple of things that I just wanted to make comment on. Um, I think of riding through Sausalito as having several sort of traffic tones, several road experiences. And um, in this small stretch, there's sort of a road tone whiplash that happens all over the place, but it's different going both directions. And so as we think of this uh, stretch and maybe do the study, uh, if, if anybody would like to go on a walk or a bike ride of the stretch, I'm happy to provide bikes and we can um, go experience all the different tones and talk about what makes them happen. Um, one thing that I also just wanted to highlight is the, for me personally, the stretch between Easterby and Caledonia is the scariest thing happening basically in Sausalito. Um, and so uh, I am curious to know if there was any thought. I. For, for so many reasons, I think the roundabout um, right at, at Dumpy Park is a great idea, but I wonder if there was any consideration of moving that concept to um, Easterby and where you turn off to the Bay model, because that's where the tone really needs to be set to the sort of like, this is the calm of the downtown area that you're entering. Uh, anyhow, excited to see all this happen and um, happy to play a part in any way that can be useful and thanks for all the work and Thank also you, slow down you have a great ride and you're enjoying the sunset right now oh i totally am thank you next on public comment is wendy callens wendy wendy are you there yeah. with us yeah there you are. there i am um, thanks. Um, Wendy Callens with State Safe Routes to Schools. Um, sorry, I'm trying to start everything here. Uh, thank you so much for this presentation. I'm really happy to see that there's going to be a study along this corridor. Um, would 
especially with uh, the merger of the two schools, we have a lot more students now who are going back and forth between Marin City and, and the Sausalito campus. I would really love it, Kieran and, and Matthew, if you could come and make this presentation at our Safe Routes Task Force meeting on May 5th at 9.30, if you could pencil that into your calendar. And Kevin, would you have the consultants chosen by then? Yes. So it would be great if we could have the consultants there too and have it just, and then we get some feedback from um, people on the Safe Routes Task Force. So thank you so much. Thank you, Wendy. Next on our list is Alice Merrill. Alice? Hi. Um, I, uh, let's see. I happen to know, and probably all of you too, that if you're just sitting there waiting to get onto Northbound Bridgeway from Caledonia on Napa, you just have to wait till the cars stop because that means that the light has changed at the other, at one block north. And then there won't be any cars for a while. So then you can easily pull out and you have a dedicated lane to go north. Um, however, I'm talking from a driver point of view. I, I think the easiest and the fastest would be lights, be street, you know, stoplights, because that would that would just solve all of this just in the beginning. And I don't know how much lights cost, but probably less than um, than. Uh, studies and building roads and things like that. So I'm not, I don't, I'm not going to weigh in about the roundabout. It looks interesting. Um, but I would say that if there's really, uh, really problems, let's get some lights in there and, and not just the blinky ones. Cause that happens too fast. People are already on the street before you register that the blinking light is going. It's, it's just, um, I, I do anyway. So thank you. That's all. Right. Thank, Thank you, Alice. Alice. Yeah, I mean, I, I... Next uh, for public comment is Kevin Carroll. Kevin? Good evening again. Um, just two real comments. One is the roundabout. They recently, last year, I guess it was installed, went over in the Presidio at a real troublesome intersection near the main post. And it's a dramatic improvement. Uh, it took maybe two or three months for people to get used to it. Um, and it's a high tourist area, which they don't seem to have as big a problem with it. Um, and it really has calmed uh, traffic in that intersection dramatically. And also in Berkeley. I, when I first saw the ones in Berkeley, I wasn't too thrilled. But um, the way they've slowed their streets over there is a real dramatic improvement. The other thing is I really agree with the idea of reducing the speed limit on Bridgeway from Napa to um, Richardson to 20. Um, particularly that stretch between Napa and San Carlos, I find myself doing 20 just so I can eyeball both sides of the street for the intersections. Um, it's the way people walk right into the intersection staring at their phones and not even looking at the cars scares the crap out of me. And that's weekdays or weekends. Uh, so I really agree with the idea of going forward with that as soon as possible. Um, to, I think it would be a dramatic improvement. Thanks. 
Thank you, Kevin. All right, I don't see any other public. Oh, Kevin, is your hand up? I do. So I, I wouldn't mind commenting on some of these uh, for, for the folks who have been so patient with us and joined the meeting. Um, a, a couple things to mention. We do have a proposal in to work on a design for the Easterby intersection and work on that signal system. Uh, one of the things that we are gonna probably look at is whether it's possible to put a roundabout at Easterby. There's a problem there in that there's the cross slope when you go down to Marin Chip is really difficult to make that intersection work. Now, I ride my bike to work two to three days a week and I would agree with the caller who mentioned that the section that goes from Easterby to Napa is tricky. And so I would like to look at that and make that section a little bit better. There's probably some striping changes, but um, it, it, needs some, it needs some help. So that's another thing on my list to try to coordinate the two projects together to see if we can get a little safer area in that section. Just wanted to add some comments. Great, thank you, Kevin. Yeah, I think we closed all the comments, so let's move on to any other uh, committee comments or discussion. Aaron. Great, first of all, uh, Karen, thanks for thanks for this presentation and, and really taking, taking the charge on this. Um, you know, <clears throat> Matt, thank you for making my new background, my desktop screensaver and everything that's <laughs> sorry but that's just a beautiful beautiful drawing of, of what could be done there it's uh, both that and, and of course the Easterby as, as Karin had mentioned is uh you know these these they're just really you know big area big intersections and that slip lane is is uh, you know as Karen identified is just um, encouraging people just to be like cool keep on driving fast um, I just really want to also mention that this, the, the number one thing that that uh, roundabout would, the, the, the best um, recipient of the improvements of a roundabout is pedestrians. I mean, when you look at how short those crosswalks are versus that long stretch to get, a, get across the bridgeway right now, and, and that left turn lane, uh, you know, Karen, you showed us the statistics for that intersection. And one of the things we didn't show is how many people are turning left from northbound bridgeway onto Napa. Uh, and the answer at the busiest times is three per hour. So we have a left turn lane that creates a span that is just so much uh, bigger than it needs to be so that three people can turn there, you know. Um, an hour during their busiest time. So just a, a real opportunity for improvement. Um, uh, and yes, sure, roundabouts may cost, but that, uh, that roundabout there, besides creating this great safety, it actually really is this monument that you're arriving. It actually is really just changing the tone of the drivers as they arrive and um, saying, hey, you know, stop, enjoy, uh, look around. This is, you've, you've arrived at, at the beautiful downtown that we have. And, um, and I think that there's uh, a lot of uh, just 
a lot of information out there in both that, in both safety and beauty and, and the improvements. Um, putting a light there, sure, you know, we could put a light there. It really isn't going to make it beautiful. And actually, it's going to keep it still feeling exposed and not, and not actually improving it for pedestrians, in my opinion. So um, let's keep the dream alive. Thank you so much. Kevin uh, McGowan, thank you for hearing this committee uh, through the time for, for, for you know, uh, getting this uh, section funded and, and remembering, you know, just, and, and, you know, it's just, it's wonderful to see the um, actions of this committee, um, you know, coming to fruition. And we still have a long ways to go um, but uh, thank you for that. And then also thank you for, for bringing up the, uh, the daylighting, you know, the, the, the removal, you saw my reaction. I couldn't, I couldn't hold back, but just in the, uh, the low hanging fruit, hey, as much as we're talking about this big thing that we can be doing, there are some really quick wins that will make that whole corridor safer, safer for everybody, just simply and yes, everybody, it's taking away parking. It's removing some parking spots. There are parking spots that shouldn't be there. And that's what we're all just gonna have to accept because it's making it really dangerous. We can't see pedestrians that are waiting to cross the street. We need to fix that. That could be done by next weekend if we actually just made it a priority. So, and if you, if you need me to go out and paint some roads, Kevin, you know where to find me. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> don't don't do that. Hey, well, no, but I just say it. If you need some volunteers, uh, I'm willing to help. The chief's on the call. You don't want to let him know that. Susan, thank you, Aaron. Uh, thanks. I did just want to say, Aaron, to that point. I really appreciate the list of things that Kevin brought up um, at the end about all the um, the daylighting and. Um, all the other improvements, but we we did have um, David Preci did look at um, some daylighting on Caledonia um, at the beginning of the pandemic, and there are opportunities actually. It's just so people don't get alarmed to <laughs> replace. I mean, not people on this call necessarily, but uh, to replace a lot of that parking on side streets by changing some of them to be perpendicular parking. Uh, similar to what's on Litho, um, and perhaps making some of the side streets one way or, or other treatments. So there are a bunch of creative solutions that might also be able to retain um, some of the parking. I guess the only, so I just want to thank you guys for this presentation. I think it's going to be really helpful for the safety study. Um, and the other issue I just wanted to bring up is um, in addition to the large vehicles that Matthew mentioned, like fire trucks, fire trucks, et cetera, Golden Gate Transit, which is super important to Sausalito, does bring very large um, buses through. And so we really want to consult with them as well. And I think if a fire truck can get through, probably Golden Gate Transit can too. But um, just want to note that that's a really important transit corridor for a lot of people that live and work here. So thanks. Very exciting. Thank you, Susan. Well, you've all uh, probably heard enough from me on this topic. I, you know, just recapping here, I did hear a lot of interest in the speed limit reduction from various groups on the call today. Um, 
we could certainly wait until the safety study concludes, or we could even make a motion tonight um, recommending that change. Any any sentiment from the committee on doing so? Yeah, I'll, I'll make I'll make a motion that that PBAC recommend um, recommends that that corridor speed be reduced from 25 to 20 miles per hour as soon as possible. All right, I'll second Aaron's motion. Oh, I was going to second. Second. Third. Regan got the second. Cool. I'm not sure we can do that since it's not agenda, but we'll just go with it anyway. <laughs> so it sounds like we all have everybody here. Um, so I, I don't know if I need to take roll, but I will do that anyway. So uh, uh, Vice Chair Culligan? Yes. All right. Uh, Chairman Roller? Yes. Regan Fulton? Regan. Regan. <laughs> he just talked a minute ago. Regan, we yes, yes, yes. <laughs> All right, I like sense of humor. Sounds good. All, All right, right, thank you. Lots more work to come, but uh, yeah, thank you, city staff, Susan, public uh, input, everyone. Um, this will be an important project here. All right, Mr. Vice Chair, we're on to item 5B, which is the CIT update. And I apologize, I do have a little bit of a cold today, so my bad. But uh, I'll run through these fairly quickly. And if folks have questions, maybe we can bring those up at the end. So the Bridgeway bike lane from Princess to Bridgeway bike lanes pilot project from Princess to Richardson. I have each week pestered Bay Trails and tried to get them to send me the right paperwork. And they have not done that yet. I don't know if Warren's had any um, help with that. I know he's gonna try to do that. Uh, with that specific project, even if we do get these this grant fund for the uh, design phase, we will still, still need to look for construction funding for the project. So any additional help when it comes to that project would be wonderful. It's a great project because um, it provides a lot of um, a lot of the things that grant funders are looking for. And so that's why I'm, I'm very interested in this. So I'm, I'm intending to work with Pam and others uh, to try to identify additional funding when we get closer to having an actual estimate for the work. Right now I've got just a rough estimate. Our next project is the Nevada Street Restriping Project. Uh, Parisi and Associates are finalizing their design they, when I talked to them this afternoon, they needed at least two weeks before they finalized the design and we could probably get this out to bid. The idea is to hit the construction as soon as school gets out, which is I think the second or third week in June, so that we can do some dig out work as well as um, I think we're gonna need some curb ramps there as well. So it's dig out work and micro seal and then painting. The idea is to do it in the summertime now. Paloma Street. We had advertised for a uh, consultant to design the Coloma Street project. This is funded by a grant. And we have uh, proposals in hand. So we're gonna have to run through those with staff, but I think that we'll try to bring this to council as soon as possible as well, and uh, make a recommendation to move forward with that design, um, hopefully the first part of April. Again, it's finding time for us to write the staff reports and get them into council. North Street Steps, even though it's open, we're not quite finished. <laughs> we we got to put some wire in. So 
Um, even though folks are using it, uh, I, 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 it's not quite done yet. So our consultant, excuse me, our contractor says that the wire should be in in the next week or so and they'll put it in place. But so far it looks great. We just have a little bit more work to do. Uh, things never go as quickly as I'd like, but we'll get there. Uh, last one on my list today is the 2022 resurfacing work. And we're bringing a item to council tomorrow night for awarding the design. And the intent is to take a look at resurfacing or repairing Gerard, Edwards, Platt, and the end of Johnson. I think those ones. We may have to separate out Edwards because it's more complex. And one of the things that we try to look at is get this stuff done as fast as possible. So that's why we group those together like Gerard and uh, Platt, because those are a little bit better to fix. And then we will separate out Edwards so that we can work on that in a little more timely fashion. So in our past, when we went to council on this, we had suggested we try to group them all together. But I think in order to just get it done as quick as possible, we might want to separate out Edwards as its own project. All right, those are the only updates I have for right now. There are many other projects I'm working on, and a lot of those do involve bicycles. So um, if I miss one of them, we can always bring this up next, next meeting and uh, talk about some other projects, specifically the CIP itself. I know, Vice Chairman, we had talked about uh, looking at the CIP and looking at the documents. So I'm preparing those right now with the intent to bring that to council in the first meeting in April. All right, thank you so much. Sorry that took a little while. And I see Warren has his hand up, so he's probably gonna help me with uh, some of the stuff I asked about. Yeah, Kevin, thanks a bunch. Um, I was just saying that I, I have, um, I was I emailed the Patriot staff member during the, the, the council meeting a couple weeks ago and have extracted a promise from him that the, the executed contract will be within the next four weeks of a week ago, so within three weeks. Um, I'm also just going to um, put a call into his boss to, to kind of things along a little bit. So I'm doing all that I can on, on, on our end. So sorry I didn't get on this so earlier. Much. Uh, Kevin, question. Um, is there any opportunity for, it sounds like more likely our subcommittee to provide input before that CIP list goes to city council? It's question one. And then question two is I understand the call for grant proposals for ATP cycle six is coming up soon. Is there anything you have in mind? Could PBAC or any other folks here help you either identifying projects or preparing projects for ATP cycle six? Uh, well, let's see, the first question going to council, the idea for the next meeting is to let our city council members know where we stand with our more than 33 different projects that are active. And to at least bring them forward on some of those and, and, and show what we're doing and where we're moving forward. So I don't think that we'll be able to get into the main details. The intent of that meeting, at least from my perspective, is to ask questions of council and find out which direction they would like us to move in. In other words, are we moving towards EV charging stations? Are we moving towards um, uh, doing more work on roadways or drainage systems, that type of thing? Well, I don't think I have anything necessarily specific that we could discuss, but I'd be happy to talk with everybody on the phone on that. 
Now, the second question about ATP funding, I would love it if we could identify funding for our signal at Easterby and identify funding for this reach that goes from Napa all the way down to Duncan. Uh, those safety projects would be pretty paramount in my eyes, including that bicycle project that goes from Princess down to Richardson. So those are the main ones I'm looking for at this point in time. We also have needs for drainage projects, uh, even though they're not as um, exciting to the public, uh, they're very important as well. So always looking for money for drainage issues. Thank you. Hope you're muted. Sorry, Colin, Kevin. Aaron, I think you have your oh. hand up. Okay, yep, I got my hand up. So um, <clears throat> just wanted to say thanks for the North Street stairs. Uh, Karen and I have to uh, walk his dog on them and they look uh, great, the railing's great. And uh, anyway, hey, yay. <laughs> uh, I'd love to, uh, love to organize a, uh, a public walk. I'm gonna, I'm gonna follow up and reach out and try and get some of the, uh, the various groups in town to say, hey, let's go out and celebrate, start, celebrate our stairs. And, uh, and uh, let's just go and, and, and do a little walk. So expect that as a follow-up, uh, you know, and uh, anyway, thank you. Thank you, thank you. And sorry, sorry, everything is always so difficult, <laughs> but hang in there. Welcome to Public Works. <laughs> All right, I think our, do we wanna take any public comment on item 5B? Anybody else would like to, to bring up anything? I don't see any hands raised, Mr. Vice Chair. So that means we're moving on to future agenda items. Yeah, I know we have a running list, but anything else uh, committee members or others would like to add for future topics? Um, if Regan's not uh, chiming in, I'd like to just, uh, uh, he's had a, a ongoing request for an update on some of the, the enforcement. Um, activities that, that have happened. So uh, I'd like to just reiterate that. Um, and, and I know he's made the request uh, to, to, uh, to Megan as well. So I appreciate that. Um, please go ahead, Aaron, if you feel like. No, no, yeah. About please, the noise um, in the background. Yeah, take, well, take over, take over and make sure you represent your uh, your view. Yeah, I was, I just wanted to follow up on the enforcement um, considerations. We've, we've had concerns about whether the, um, the police department has addressed the issue of being able to um, make citations when there have been incidents that have been unwitnessed. And there's been some confusion about uh, whether uh, they have that authority and have had it all along. Uh, we were told that they didn't, but uh, it'd be good to get an update um, on what the status of that is. So maybe on the next meeting, we could ask for that. Okay, thank you, Regan. Uh, Warren. Oh, sorry, Kevin, were you gonna chime in with something then? I was gonna throw out a couple ideas for future agenda items. One is to prioritize stairway repair. We haven't talked about this in a long time and we probably should. And the other big one that's on the list is the Ferry Landside Project, phase one and phase two. Every several months, we should bring this back up because it's, it's moving and changing as we speak. So that's it, thank you. Kevin, what was the first one, sorry? Prioritizing yeah. stairway repair. Stairway, great. 
Yeah, that's a good one. All right, Warren. Yeah, just on the um, the the AB forty three speed limit lowering. Uh, just if if Kevin decides that um, the particular the resolution passed by uh, PVAC tonight had, was not properly agendized, maybe just put that on for like a kind of consent, like uh, on a future agenda. Good point, Warren. Any public comment on this one? Okay, seeing none, I think we can move to adjournment. I just want to applaud everybody. We made it on time tonight. Yeah. Way to go. That's the day. chef. <laughs> good work. Thank you. Thank you uh, for taking taking such good charge of this, Karen. And and uh, um, for me, I was uh, was not expecting. I thought I was uh, not going to be here. So I was really uh, grateful to to be able to join for this one and not miss it. Thank you. Thanks, everybody. Second. Bye. Bye.